I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey. So this is going to be a solo episode. I want to dive into some things I've been thinking about that have been impacting me and that I hear people frustrated about that I think is an important topic. Again, I used to be a financial planner. I did that for 27 years of my life, and I've been a homeowner for a bunch of years. And so I have a lot of experience with homes and houses and budgeting. I see mistakes people are making who have houses and frustrations people have who don't have houses who are don't understand the real cost of home ownership and, and why they maybe can't uh, switch over from a rent payment to a house payment of, of an equal size. And so part of this just goes back to just the lack of financial literacy, uh, omission entirely of financial literacy that's, that's missing from our school curriculum. It's not taught to students. Most adults don't know it, so they can't teach it to their students to their kids. And so these just same problems keep happening over and over and over again. And it's frustrating to witness. It's frustrating when I see people, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, still having the same problem and the same mystery for something that's pretty predictable that I've I've just kind of figured out on my own over the years between being a homeowner and being a financial planner. So let's dive into it. So as you may have seen, the, the title of this is Houses Still Eat money. (laughs) And the subtitle I want to put on there is basically how you can build home equity even without a home. So I've written a lot even as part of my book and part of uh, Afterlife, the frustration I had with home ownership and how expensive it was from a time and money standpoint and, and, and how that pulled me away from so many of the things I want to do in my life. And, and it's so home ownership is such an integral part of what's perceived to be the American dream, but nobody really factors in the real cost. And I want to kind of talk about some of that stuff. And the first big thing just for people to understand is that a, a rent payment is not the same as a house payment from a, from a dollar standpoint. When you're paying say $2,000 or $1,500 or whatever it is for rent. And you're feeling frustrated because you can't get a mortgage for the equivalent dollar amount. It's because when you own a home, in addition to the, the monthly amount, you also have insurance, you have taxes, and you've got you know your utilities, which sometimes are or are not included in your rent. You have, and the big things, there's things that you want to do, things that you want to do to a house that you wouldn't do to a garden, fix up projects and, you know, putting in a little patio and putting in a skylight or putting in whatever it is, a little fancy rug for here and there. Those things add up to hundreds or thousands of dollars really quickly. Those are the want to things. And those are easier for people to wrap their mind around budgeting for. It's the have to things that very, very few people, in my experience, effectively budget for. And so let's look at the, the easiest way to to budget that for that would be if you were buying a brand new home, which most people don't do. You're usually buying a used home. 
But if you buy a brand new home, everything in it is brand new. The house, it's flooring, the walls, the paint, the roof, and all the appliances. And if you went through with and just went around and looked at, okay, how much did that roof cost? And what's the life expectancy of that roof? Okay, let's say it's it was a fifteen thousand dollar roof, which is not very expensive given, you know, depending on how big your house is and what kind of roof it is. But if that's a ten to twenty year life expectancy, let's call it fifteen, that's at least, you know, another thousand dollars a month or a thousand dollars a year you need to add to your to your budget just for replacing that roof and putting it into some kind of fund that's earning a little bit of money that between now and if it's if you do stretch it out to 20 years you've got money to repair it if it's not something covered by insurance and replace it when eventually it needs to be done and then you can look at your gutters look at your siding look at your paint and concrete lights fixtures your flooring your paint on your walls sometimes you paint that just cuz you're sick of it uh, but sometimes you have to cuz it gets stained or dirty beyond being able to clean it all your light fixtures those have a life expectancy you know think about that plumbing issues and then all your appliances you know all the appliances in a house could easily add up to to thousands of dollars when you factor in ac system could cost 10 to 20,000 dollars depending on how big how big your house is and all that kind of stuff so you could easily add up all that stuff and come up with an ad, you know additional several hundreds of dollars per month or up to a thousand or more per month depending on how expensive all your stuff is you know for example if you bought an old home that happened to have a, a, a tile roof or a slate roof those things can cost easily into the six figures to fix or to replace easily and because they can be 75 to 100 years old and and they last a long long time but if you happen to have bought it and you're 95, that could be a life ruining type expense that you may not be aware you have. And then if you can't can't fix it, then you're dealing with real or replace it. If you can't replace it, then you're dealing with really expensive repairs and stained roof and mold issues and all kinds of stuff until you actually do get the money or can borrow the money or whatever it might be. So if you're buying a brand new home, then you don't have to have a big chunk of money right away because if you if you're effective and 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 uh, successful with that budget, by the time the years start coming by, you've got a chunk of money to start tapping into when you need it. Then, if you bought an old house like the first two ones I bought in my lifetime, you're inheriting, like in the first case, my first home was a built in 1969, so it was what. 20 something years old when I bought it. And, you know, I, I spent thousands of dollars replacing, tearing out and fixing all kinds of things. The next home I bought was a hundred years old. So I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, on tr tree removal. There was 200 year old trees that died that had to be removed for five grand a pop because they were too big to just have cut down plumbing issues, foundation issues, driveway issues, gutter issues on and on and on and on. And nobody told that to me. So each year I kind of just was shocked at, oh, well, I want to do these projects, but I have to spend 5,000 bucks on this and that and the other. And eventually I started just planning for that and budgeting for that. But it took me several years of having kind of ruined years of like scrapping away a little bit of extra money for this or that 
and then having it just disappear to, to something that wasn't fun. And this whole project, I started thinking about it because when I bought, I live in a condo now, which greatly reduced a lot of the expenses I have, but I still have things I'm responsible for collectively with the other condo owners where we put a roof on last year and that cost me 10 grand for my portion of the roof. This year so far, I spent thousand dollars on my air conditioner that broke and it's the guy told me you're in it could break for real at any time it could last five years or it could break for sure next year i had my washer and dryer go out that was seventeen hundred dollars the water valve for my house broke just just broke you know there was we have hard water in this area and and then uh went to shut it off and I couldn't shut it off, so I had to delay getting my new washer and dryer installed until I could get that fixed. And then in the process, discovered that all the valves, every single valve for every faucet and toilet is clogged with minerals from hard water. So the little ones won't be an expensive fix, but the big one cost me $1,000. <laughs> and I know in the next, because I've been here 12 years, and the next probably two to six years, I'm going to have, you know, the expensive, the expense of an air conditioner, the expense of hot water heater, let's see, refrigerator, my, my stove and a microwave. If I choose to replace that, I don't use that very much, but yeah, so there that easily in the next three to six years, I'll have another, call it eight to 10,000 of expenses. And then I, and I, and I just painted that cost me a thousand dollars to have a little bit of drywall done that I didn't feel comfortable doing. And then I painted myself. I mean, I painted by myself because the bid I got was $6,000 to have a, a 1200 square foot apartment painted. So I paid the thousand dollars a little bit for the drywall. And then the rest of it was for paint and caulk and some tools and spent several time, several weekends and evenings and days painting. And yeah, so then that's done. And I, I just two rooms I didn't even get to because I just, I just, I just got sick of doing it. So if you own a home and you're like, all right, if you aren't budgeting for all this stuff, you know, if you, if you don't know how, you know, you could hire an inspector to go through with you and help you look at everything and, and give you an idea of how much life you have left on your roof and your and your furnace and all those kind of things. And from there, you can just start pricing out what all those things cost and, and work with your financial planner or your accountant or whoever and build a budget for those things. And if you can't, a lot of people, they don't have that. If it's a thousand bucks, they don't have an extra thousand dollars. So like you got to start building what you can and is, and hopefully you get raises and, you know, things like that. And as you earn more money or cut other things out of your life so you can pay for that. So you don't have a year where the the new roof you need ruins your next five years because you had to borrow the money or, or whatever it might be. So work with some building professionals and some financial professionals to see what the costs are and figure out how to start budgeting for that and then where to put the money. So maybe you're earning some interest without too much risk or anything like that. And again, as a caveat and a disclosure, I am not a financial advisor anymore. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice, all that kind of stuff. I'm just giving you practical advice I've learned from my years as a homeowner and things I observed when I was a financial advisor. If you're like, hey, I don't have a house, so I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Well, if you don't have a house and you want one, 
then you can kind of walk through this exercise on a theoretical level and go, look, I should be budgeting an extra $500 a month to pay for whatever or whatever, whatever that number is. Try to figure out what that would cost you if you owned a home and start intentionally saving that and investing that. And either A, that becomes your house fund one day or B, uh, it becomes uh, a fund to actually help buy a house or just goes into your your long-term uh, wealth building so that you, you've got a portfolio that then someday can maybe help you pay your rent or help for pay for cost of living. You know, if, if your rent goes up or anything like that, you've got cash to do that. Because what I found is if you're not intentionally capturing and saving money for those kind of things, it'll just get, it'll just get folded into lifestyle expenses. And then you're spending all, if there is extra money, you're spending it on fun stuff, which, you know, life is short. You want to do the things you want to do. But if you're not building and saving and planning for tomorrow, you'll never have the security you need to, to be free. So one way or the other, you need to carve off money for your housing and living. So whether it's going to cost cover like future cost of living things or, or rent increases or give you money to buy a house one day. Oh, and then the last thing I would hit on is if you're like, well, hey, I don't, some people won't budget for that kind of thing. Cause like, well, I don't plan on living here that long. So, you know, this is a brand new house. I'm only going to live here five years. So I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But if you own another home in the future, you're always going to have, as long as you own at home, you're going to have to be budgeting for those kind of things. And I'm not even going to get into all that today, but you could look at every single thing you own and what's the replacement cost for your, uh, your clothing and for, your car and all that kind of stuff. Those are, those are the non-reoccurring kind of expenses that, that ruin people's day sometimes. And because oftentimes people aren't budgeting for maintenance costs on a car, they, they'll buy a new or newer car, they get it paid off, and then they get used to not having, quote, a car expense. And then when it needs tires or it needs a timing belt, like, oh my gosh, I just spent $1,000 on my car, they'll run out and buy a new car, which sometimes can be the absolute worst thing you can do because like, you know, when you buy, I'll give you an example, like my, my truck that I have of a 94 Ford Ranger that I'm really realizing how cost effective that thing is. Cause, uh, it's so old that the property tax on it is $26 or was $26 last year versus almost a thousand for my, for my other car. My insurance is like 10% of what the other cars is. And so I'm saving hundreds and hundreds of dollars per year in insurance costs and, and property taxes so that when I do have to buy something for it, I've, I'm automatically, you might say, well, with the newer car, I won't have all these expenses, but, but you're paying more expenses in different ways that if you capture that, if you have an older car, say, look, okay, I bought this, I bought this, you know, maybe you don't want a 30 year old thing like my truck is almost, but uh, if you have an older car, you're going to pay less sales taxes when you buy it. So try to capture that. If you can, you're going to pay lower insurance because it's not, it's not worth as much as a new car start capturing that money and then have a sinking fund for your car so that you can fix the tires and fix things when they break and, and, and keep it running as long as possible rather than, you know, running out and buying a car. Like in St. Louis, the sales tax is 10%. So you buy a new car for, or even a used car, $20,000 used car, that's $2,000 of sales taxes. You know, that pays for a lot of uh, tires and 
repairs and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I had for today. I just want to kind of hit on that. I've, I know I've talked about this and written about this in different ways, but I see so many posts and people are frustrated and I, and I understand why you're frustrated. I understand the, the, the how, you know, you look at us, you know, how much a CEO makes versus what you're making. And, you know, there hasn't been adequate rising uh, income for so long and, and the house prices are rising so fast. You can feel like you never get ahead. Well, whether you have a home or not, you need to be thinking about that, what that real cost is and figuring out a way for, to budget for it. And then knowing what those real costs are will help you understand like, well, good gosh, you know, I'm not earning enough money. How, how can I earn more money? You're like, well, I, I can't in this current job. Then you look at your job and you look at your career and go, well, how could I spend my time and energy in order to to earn more money and to lower my lifestyle expenses and, and figure that out. And those are all questions you can kind of start digging into yourself and thinking out by yourself and then work with a professional, uh, a financial advisor, an accountant, uh, all kinds of people that can help you with the budgeting and help you figure it out. And then find some, find some books. There's all kinds of books. I, I don't have any like right off the top of my head because I haven't read any of that kind of stuff in a long time, but just start digging into it. Not the get rich kind of stuff, not the crypto kind of stuff. I'll I'll try to dig through and see if I can find some that are helpful and put them put them in the uh, show notes for this. But in the meantime, I hope that was helpful. I hope you're having a good week. I don't don't forget please to go to uh, carloblog.com on the on the blog page of my website and you can find the link for my Substack and you can subscribe there. If you like what I'm doing, don't hesitate maybe to sign up for the the premium subscription. It's $5 a month to help support some of the projects I'm doing, help support the writing so I can expand on this and maybe hire some people to help me with some of the tech stuff and some of the video stuff so I can expand on what I'm doing and add more YouTube content and other fun kind of things. So that's what I got. Hope it was helpful. Hope you're having a great week and that you enjoy your journey. Thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm. you.